Hello all you ghosts and goblins, welcome back to another episode of Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and spooky season continues. Today it's a double feature, two recent films from 2022, and I'm sorry to say that I did not tackle these in depth last year, but uh, definitely uh, has been worth the, uh, the wait because I can really sink my teeth into both of these films and uh, want to sort of share my thoughts and, and uh, deeper reactions than uh, what I may have just sort of breezed over in the past. The two films for today's topic are The Menu, which is a delectable comedy horror film from last year, and Jordan Peele's Nope. So two, two horror films uh, on really opposite ends of the spectrum, but uh, without question, two of the best films I think made last year and, and arguably some of the best films made in recent memory. These are, these are two gems that I think people will continue to revisit over and over again. But before I uh, put either one of them on the chopping block, so to speak, as always, I want to say thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in each week and hearing what I have to say on movies, particularly this month, which is, of course, spooky season, and it's going to be nonstop scary movies from now until the end of the month. But uh, as promised, if this is not your cup of tea, I can guarantee you that there will be a return to normal programming in uh, in the coming months. So uh, bear with me if horror films are not your your flavor. But uh, I do appreciate all the comments, all the feedback, and and just overall warm embrace of this show. I know I may sound like a a broken record uh, with this, but uh, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for for taking the time to be a part of this cinematic journey with me. Thank you for your for your friendship. Thank you for for listening. It really means the world to me, and I'm just so excited to be able to do this every week. Certainly, you know, as a as a film buff, it's a lot of fun just to be able to talk about movies and, and sort of have my passionate rants and monologues, but it's also engaging and, and a lot of fun to have the interaction and the back and forth uh with with uh with many of you uh online or, or uh in person or, or over the uh you know text message or whatnot. So just thank you for, for being a part of this this uh this this fun ride that uh, has been uh, nonstop since January of 2022 and uh you know so long as uh as long as my voice will let me so long as the uh the passion stays there uh with me I will continue to uh to do this uh until further notice so uh you know you haven't uh you haven't had your fill of me uh yet hopefully not but um in any event uh just thank you thank you and thank you uh, and lastly, I will just uh, give a shout out to uh, another show that I co-host with my two friends, Chris Evans and, and Anthony Caruso, DC Unlimited. We just dropped a new episode last week. We'll have another one coming out later in the month, kind of dedicated more towards uh, spooky season. So uh, again, if that's your uh, your cup of tea, I encourage you to give that show a like and a follow and uh have a listen. We try to drop episodes every couple of weeks, and uh, there'll be another one, as I said, later this month, uh, very Halloween-centric. But uh, all the information can be in the show notes, and uh, encourage you to uh, to follow it. Not you know, not only you know, just uh, on 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 my end, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun 
uh, we, we have a great time with it, and uh, certainly it's a it's a little change of pace than than this show, which is all just sort of movies in general. It's a lot of fun to sort of focus on one specific uh, topic, so to speak. Uh, and as I said, we, we've just had a great time doing it. So again, the show is DC Unlimited, and you can find all that information in the show notes along with the appropriate uh, social media handles. I'm just going to use a blanket statement, social media handles, uh, the like, because the names keep changing and... Frankly, I, I don't care enough to, to keep on track of it, uh, keep, keep on top of it. So just uh, just follow uh, follow along if if you uh, if you if you're so inclined. All right, I'm really cooking today. The first film on the menu is the menu. See what I did there? Cue the laugh track. And as I mentioned, this is a comedy horror, uh, but it, it's not like an outright slapstick uh, type of, of a situation. Not a raunchy comedy. Uh, the the humor in this film is very dry, and it really arises out of the situation uh, that, that occurs. the The premise of the film involves this uh, this young couple who go to this exclusive restaurant that's located on an island. It's run by this uh, world renowned chef, and you're know, gonna have to put your name in like three years in advance just to uh, just to attend. And so it follows this young couple and a bunch of other patrons at the restaurant. And what, in, what ensues is nothing but a night of, of culinary chaos and a mad ego trip by this celebrity chef that results in one of the most explosive and, frankly, surprising endings I have seen in a movie in quite some time. I love this film. I, I found it delectable. There's going to be a lot of food uh, uh, references throughout this review, but this movie, I, I am so impressed by just the level of performances. Uh, it has Nicholas Holt uh, and Anya Taylor-Joy and um, Ralph Phineas, and it, it just the, the, the performance, particularly... Uh, Phineas as, as as this sort of madcap chef who who is truly consumed with his own image, his own ego, and and this sort of his status, if you will, as this iconic, world-renowned celebrity chef. And much of the film is sort of taking us through his 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 psychology and his sort of undoing. In a way, you know, he, he's sort of trying to to prove that that he is this this legend, even if in his own mind. And he sort of butts up against the uh, uh, sort of the, the, the practical uh, and sort of down to earth side of of, of Joy's uh, Margot character, and, and she's she's not caught up in the whole food culture she she is really a a, a down-to-earth you know j- just give me my meat and potatoes kind of person as opposed to her her boyfriend tyler who's oh no that's not proper etiquette and oh no we must have this wine and use that fork i mean he's very obsessive and to the point of oh my god you know i i worship this man i mean really shows the kind of uh you know celebrification if you will of of chefs and, and, and culinary masters uh, in a way that was unheard of, say, even 20 years ago. But now, certainly with the way 
dining and, and, and food uh, culture has, has changed, th there's really a whole dichotomy now where it's, it's no longer just about going out to, to meal, going out to a meal and having a, a, a great uh, uh, feast and, and discussion. It's all about the, the experience and oh, well, how is the presentation of the food? I mean, it's, it's such a, an absurdist look at it. And in a lot of ways, it's sort of poking fun of the uh, you know, foodie culture, if you will, food media in a way, and sort of illustrating how the whole culture of it, the whole representation has become this farce in a way where it's no longer about food. It's no longer about actually you know, making something uh, that people actually want to eat or, or, or enjoy, but it's more about, well, did, did you use these kind of, of beans or, or this sort of uh, milk or use this skillet, please? It's, it's, it's really hysterical in that way. And again, it's not meant to be outright comedy, but just sort of from the absurdist nature of this, of this chef who is so, again, consumed by his own brilliance and believes his own, his own reputation and, and, and stature that he has everyone fawning around him as if he's some sort of godlike figure that must be praised and put up on a, on a golden idol. Now, as I mentioned, this is still a horror film, and things start to go uh, awry once uh, it, it becomes clear that this is not just another uh, exclusive dinner at this restaurant, that this is more of a revenge tour, in a way, for this personal chef, where he is trying to take, you know, get rid of or, or uh, get, get advantage on any number of these uh, people who may have wronged him. There's a food critic in there. So there's sort of this like personal vendetta on that end. You have a bunch of other uh, patrons that are sort of connected uh, to the to the chef's past and, and people you know, with uh, moneyed interest and whatnot. And ultimately, it really comes down to this, this sort of battle of the wills between uh, between Margot and, and the chef, where she calls out his bullshit. Like, she doesn't believe any of this, okay, you're this world-renowned chef, you know, you're this uh, holier-than-thou persona. And what what ultimately becomes a sort of psychological test where she's like, just make me a hamburger, just make me a, a cheeseburger, because she discovers that that was how he got his start. And it's so it's so incredibly fascinating and, and frankly fulfilling by the end of it to see the joy in his eyes when he just makes a simple cheeseburger you know nothing nothing fancy nothing extravagant nothing uh, uh, you know sort of a out of this world if you will it's a a run-of-the-mill old-fashioned cheeseburger but it, yet it brings him so much joy and 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 pleasure that the, soul, the whole purpose of his night, he, you know, is basically going to kill all these people in the restaurant, but he lets her go. And he lets her go, I think, in a way, because she, she's able to connect with him on, 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 on a truly emotional and human level where, you know, sort of push through all of the, uh, the, the clutter and the BS to actually see what, in fact, made this person who they are, what made them happy. Uh, and happiest in this world. It's not this 
world-renowned chef and stature and people running around worshiping you. I mean, it's, it all started as a guy flipping hamburgers, and it just morphed into something uh, uh, exorbitant and, and, and uh, frankly, costly, perhaps, to his, to his own dreams. And the, the end of the film, I mean, I'm sort of jumping around here. Uh, so, again, spoiler alerts if you have not seen the film. Uh, by the end of it, of course, you know the chef has turned the tables and he's planning on killing everybody in in the restaurant. And there's there's this one situation where uh, Margot's boyfriend Tyler, played perfectly in this film by by uh, Nicholas Holt. He really just lives it up as this ultimate kiss ass who ultimately you know makes this grand faux pas in front of the chef, and he has this sort of private conversation with him, and we never know what he. He says to him, meaning the chef to to Tyler, but it's it's degrading in a way and 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 demoralizing enough that the reaction on Holt's face is just shock and and surprise, tears, rejection, humiliation, and in the next scene we discover that he has that he has killed himself. So I mean, it's sort of this psychological warfare that's going on with the uh, with the chef as, chef as well that he really knows how to to get you know, to get into people's uh, mind and sort of, you know, sink his claws in, so to speak. But, uh, but back to the to the ending, as I said, this was really one of the most shocking, uh, explosive finales that I've seen in quite some time, where at the end of it, you know, Margot is allowed uh, to leave, and she, she uh, you know, gets out of the, the restaurant. And then the chef, he brings in all of his, uh, all of his staff, and they basically make a human s'mores right in front of the restaurant right in front of the uh, right around the uh the other patrons and you know covers have been crushed graham crackers and chocolate and and uh, marshmallow and then essentially sets the sets the the, the restaurant on fire and then ultimately blows the place to smithereens killing everybody and the end of the film is is Margot. she's gotten away and she's just watching the the explosion uh, unfold and and she's just sitting there she's finishing her cheeseburger and she's just just watching it all it, it all sort of fade away and i think you know certainly it's it's shocking it's surprising it's it's frankly terrifying but i think the bigger takeaway from this from this film is that it's it's really poking fun of in a way the whole culture of fine dining and sort of this obsession that we have with with food i mean I'm sure many of you can you know have seen on Instagram or any kind of social media like people will go to a restaurant and it's no longer about having a meal, having an experience, but it's like oh we have to you know take a picture of the food and post it and oh look at how this uh, pasta was <laughs> it was curated oh and look at this soup and it's like we're sort of missing the whole uh, the whole point of actually going out to dinner is actually to enjoy a meal, to enjoy something, to consume something nourishing. And I think this movie is really sort of poking holes in this whole idea of, of foodie culture, this whole experience of, of, of sort of, you know, oh, well, just just taste the food, but don't actually enjoy it. And it's sort of saying, okay, this is kind of bullshit <laughs> in a way. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I really found this film to be, to be so accessible and, and like I said, it's 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 funny when it when it really shouldn't be. The, the humor is very is very dry, and I said it really rises out of the out of the situation. But I, I just found it to be an absolute delight. This is a uh, this is a full course meal, if you will, from from start to finish, and, and it leaves you 
satisfied. And it's again, it's 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 scary when it needs to be, not in a way that's uh, you know, gross or, or, or over the top, but it, there's a, certainly a psychological underpinning throughout the whole film. And again, the performances are are, are absolutely incredible, from from Phineas to to, to Anya Taylor uh, Anya Taylor Joy to uh, to Nicholas Holt. I mean, it's just it's a perfect. Perfect cast, and that's to say nothing of, of the supporting roles uh, from some of the patrons. Really, again, it, it's it's. I help us. I I I hesitate calling it a crowd pleasing film because there there is a, a lot of dark uh, material in it. But I, I think it, it sort of works with those moments of, of of levity that you know by the end of the film you are sort of like you're you're applauding in a way because it it is sort of cathartic and. Uh, and like I said, it, it kind of, it's, it's, it's almost satirizing the, uh, the, the, the sort of food culture and, and uh, obsession that we have over, you know, really of, of tasting food but not enjoying food. And, and again, I think uh, the character of Margot is really meant to kind of, it really meant to be the audience. And, 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 and uh, Tyler is sort of the, you know, the wannabe food critic, the wannabe snob and and it's sort of you know, going through like a mental checklist. Okay, do this, do this. Okay, taste this, but don't enjoy it. And you know, just try this thing. And oh, we must have this wine with this. I mean, he's sort of you know contorting himself into knots by the end of the film. And then of course with uh, with, with the chef, I mean, he just embodies all of the uh, you know, sort of celebrity chefs that, uh, that, that that graze the airwaves today and have become household names. And and this film is really kind of saying, all right. All that's fine, but again, don't don't forget that the real purpose is to enjoy the food, to actually enjoy what it is you're eating, and not trying to dissect it five ways from Sunday. I I, I didn't I just found this film to be an absolute delight, and yet it's 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 funny and, and unnerving at the same time, and and just from a really from a pure thriller aspect, uh, th- this was one of last year's real highlights. So if you're looking for a a perfect comedy horror film to watch this spooky season. Highly recommend the menu. It is a it is a five star uh, uh, film, so to speak, and, and 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 it never it never fails to to surprise you. There's, the, the film is filled with so many unique twists and turns that just when you think it's going to go one way, it goes another way. And again, it's not. It's never done to kind of you know, throw you off kilter or, or shake up the narrative just for the sake of shaking it up. It's, everything has a purpose that ultimately leads to, as I said, that that explosive and frankly cathartic ending. And, and I mean, you talk about you know sort of you know uh, you know life imitating art. I mean, when you see the cheeseburger in this film, particularly if you're uh, if you know, if you enjoy a, a a good cheeseburger, your mouth will be watering by the end of this film. I just have to say, but uh, yeah, definitely check out the menu if you're looking for a little uh, a little comedy horror spice in your life this Halloween season. But uh, on that note, kind of jumping to the other end of the the spectrum, Nope is one of the best creature features, and it's not a a straightforward creature feature uh, in many ways uh, because there is an alien component to it. But this film brings to mind such classics as Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, even um, uh, uh, The Quiet Place from a few years back. 
it's it's probably one of the best alien quote unquote invasion movies. Uh, and even though the aliens are really kept in the distance, that's where I sort of draw the Jaws comparison in a way where it's it's really it's it's more about kind of the reaction versus all right here they are and that's it the aliens are really kept at a distance and it's only until about the climax of the film much in the same way as jaws where we finally see what it is or or what the aliens look like and i thought it was a real unique approach to sort of take the 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 concept and not do it in the traditional art here comes the flying saucers and let's land the ship like the aliens are presented as an organic creation they're they're sort of existing in the in the clouds so to speak and they're in their maneuvering in the environment that way i thought that was a real effective way to do it and frankly it made it all the more unnerving so that by the time we get to this this reveal we're sort of like oh my god like you know what the hell is happening here but it it's it's very effective and it it has some of the the best sort of like i don't want to call them jump scares uh but but there there's certainly a a craft to it and and Jordan Peele has excelled uh in in his now this is his third film at at sort of taking the horror genre and 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 sort of stretching it as far as it can go. He did such other acclaimed films as Get Out and Us. I have to say of the three he has done, while I love Get Out and I and I still think that's that's one of the better horror films from uh in recent years, I think Nope so far that this is his his crowning jewel. I I I was thrilled by this movie. I was terrified by this movie. It, it it is a perfect it's a perfect blend of of horror and suspense and that's why I really go back to the to the jaws uh, uh comparison because not since jaws has has been in my view a film that sort of blends both the suspense the thrills and the horror all together in a way with a with a, with a with a creature or in this case uh the aliens uh so well and and it's and it's effective and ultimately it stays with you and that's good for me with any kind of movie if it stays with you and you're thinking about it particularly you know different scenes and different reactions that's usually a good thing and and the more i think about it, the 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 part that that scares me the most with this film is the idea that you know you you keep thinking as i said when are the ships going to appear and it's sort of hinted at that maybe the ships are hiding amongst the clouds no the twist if you will is that the the the, the ships are not actually there it, they're they're being controlled in the in the clouds themselves that's that's the alien these clouds are are in fact the alien life forms and i have to say like after i watched this film i was remember it was a really clear blue day a uh, blue sky day uh after that but then you know the clouds started to to roll in and you know you just can't help but wince for a moment thinking okay what if you know the alien's going to to come down and 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 abduct me but uh i like also how this movie sort of plays into to ufo uh fascination and kind of how different reactions uh would be to such a, a phenomenon where you have daniel kaluuya's character of oj and his sister uh 
played by Kiki Palmer, you have them on the one hand sort of trying to, to photograph this phenomenon in the sky. And then on the other end, you have this uh, theme park owner who happened to be a former childhood uh, star in the story, him trying to profit off of the phenomenon. And it really kind of shows this sort of, this clash of how people would react to such an occurrence. And ultimately, uh, th- th- there's sort of this, this connection with horses in the film because um, uh, Gluia's character uh, owns this ranch that was a fa- you know, family uh, horse ranch. And what he notices is that the horses will jump whenever you make direct eye contact with them. And one of the ways that he's able to, to defeat the, uh, the alien, so to speak, is by giving it direct eye contact. Much in the same way a horse doesn't like direct eye contact, neither does the alien. I thought that was kind of a, a unique way of, of using your situation and, 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 and sort of developing it to, to stop a problem. In this case, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the folks from outer space. But uh, there, there's another sequence which is generally horrifying where, again, like sort of the cloud uh, begins to absorb people on the ground and you kind of see like the inside uh, sort of intestinal tract, if you will, of the alien life form. And it's, it's just outright horrifying. And, and again, it's a movie, but it, it, it just feels, it feels so real and it, it, it stays with you and I think given all of the our fascination with with UFOs and aliens and certainly as of late you know you can really see how this film hits home in, in a lot of different ways uh it, it it it's there's there's a grittiness and a realness to the to the story that you don't always find in uh in, in these kind of films where it's, it's usually just this grand epic you know people versus the the mothership, so to speak. This really gets more to the heart of it. And you know, one of the things that I took away from this film is it it really is shining a, a spotlight, not only on how our fascination with, with looking up uh, is, but also what's the reverse of that? You know, how, how, would, how would the aliens feel, if you will, if you will with, with us looking at them? You know, they're, they're looking at us, but, but how would they... They feel if, if you know, we kind of turn the tables and look back at them. And so I kind of thought that was sort of an interesting commentary on on sort of both ends. Whereas at the end of the day, nobody likes to be watched or feel like they're being watched. Everyone wants to sort of be kept and, and left to their own devices. And again, whenever you can take a movie concept like this and, and, and develop it and, and, and really stretch something... Uh, uh, further with with the material, that I think is a win because a lot of times these movies can feel clunky. They can feel weighted down by cliches, and like I said, they turn into just big budget spectacles, which that's all well and good. But we've seen that a dozen or so times, and then some. I want to see when I see an alien film something with more heart and and a little bit more depth to it. And, and you're going to find that in Nope uh, again. Kaluuya's and and Palmer's performances are are top notch, and you know I'm I'm certainly uh, you know certainly biased because I have uh, I have two younger sisters, and so you know I, I definitely could you know relate to to the idea of your brother and sister you know bonding together and trying to uh, 
you know, uh, uh, figure out a, a, a situation. You know, we never had any, uh, er, er, never had any encounters with uh, with aliens growing up, but I, I could definitely appreciate that kind of uh, story. And again, I, I, sort of just the believability of it. Like, even though this is fantastical and it's it's uh, you know, sort of you know, uh, on this grand scale, I ultimately found the story so sort of sort of endearing because of the believability in both the characters but but also the the reactions again a lot of times these movies you sort of get the overreaction to the situation everything in here felt plausible it felt believable and, and yet still managed to deliver something that was was satisfying and, and terrifying at the same time and there, there's rumors of there maybe being a sequel to this down the road and i would be curious to see where they could take it because you know this is really just one story and again we're meant to think this could be happening all over the place i'd like to see where else they could take this uh this narrative because i really feel like they just tapped the uh the surface in a way and again if you know if jordan peele is uh is behind it then it will get you know certainly get my seal of approval because i think he is he continues to prove himself as one of the one of the best uh, directors of, of suspense and and terror working today. Really knows how to thread that needle perfectly. And, and as I said, I think this is his best film by far that he's done. And, and he's already got a fourth film uh, on the way in, in I think about another year or so. Uh, but but this one, I I think it is his crowning jewel thus far. It's it, it's a perfect blend of of sci-fi horror thrills and just sort of almost a a neo-western film uh at the same time again really a a perfect blend of of the of the genres and again taking the tropes but then inverting them and and shaking it up and presenting it in a in a different manner but i don't this was this one will will stay with you there are there's a lot of unsettling scenes with it And, and not just with the aliens i i have to say there is a a flashback to uh as i mentioned there's a the uh, a theme park owner who was a former childhood star in the in the story, and we get a flashback to how his show uh, as a kid ended up getting canceled, and it involves a monkey that was uh, on the set and went wild one day, and and I mean I will just just I will just leave it there because it is it is still one of the most uh, disturbing and, and and shocking scenes. Uh, that I've seen in in, in recent years. It, again, it, it stays with you, and and animal horror can always do that. It can really uh, become unnerving and and find a way to get under the skin. And this particular scene uh, does that uh, without question. But uh, definitely would recommend this film again if you're looking for a good blend of sci-fi and and horror. Nope is worth your time, and I would encourage you to check it out this spooky season. So, there we have it. Two uh, two horror films for you today. Both, I think, are destined to become classics. In fact, I think they already are. They're two, two different ones, uh, but both will stay with you long after the credits roll. Well, that's all that I have for you today. As always, thank you for tuning in and hearing what I have to say on movies. I'll be back next week, and we'll do this all over again for the love of scary movies.